بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار uh, so this is the 11th lesson on our series on the good life looking at what is the good life uh, in the quran and the sunnah and how has it been described and how is it attained what is the what is the good life so we started uh, one of the chapters towards the end dealing with the various ways and means through which we can achieve a good life and in the previous lesson we were discussing and the lesson before that as well the issue of wealth the wealth the issue of the kalima la ilaha illallah and likewise at-taqwa and in that discussion we explained that wealth in and of itself does not bring happiness uh, it does not bring you know the good life in and of itself we mentioned evidences for that and then we spoke about uh, the the good word al-kalimatu tayyibah and likewise at-taqwa which is fear of allah in bringing about the good life so we're going to kind of round off and end this series inshallah ta'ala by now looking at 10 or 15 uh, general points by which if we give attention to they contribute to and they bring about a good life in the life of a believer in the household of a believer or in the society as a whole and some of these points we've maybe covered them already previously uh, but this is like a list of 10 or 15 points inshallah this is like a, a reminder or a summary of many of the things that we've discussed in the previous lessons so from those affairs which bring about the good life and obviously remember we are speaking here to the whole of creation so this so here this first point we we would be addressing this to non-muslims to a non-muslim how does a non-muslim achieve a good life well obviously it is al-imanu billah al-imanu billah wal-amal salih it it is to have iman in allah and to do righteous deeds so this now would be addressed to a non muslim as allah azza says in the verse the the the, the well known verse that we've repeated often man amila salihan min dhakarin aw untha wa huwa mu'min falanuhiyannahu hayatan tayyiba whoever works righteous deeds whether a male or a female while he is a believer then we shall give him a good life whilst he is a believer we shall give him a good life if you look at what the mufassirun how they explain this ayah for example ibn kathir he says here that this means al iman huwa hayatul qalb iman is the life of the heart so iman here meaning belief in allah belief in the angels belief in the books belief in the messengers belief in the 
divine decree, the good and the evil, and likewise the, 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 the hereafter, the last day. Right? So a believer, the, these are from the affairs of the unseen that the heart believes in. And then upon that, there are righteous actions. So this is what constitutes the good life. It is the life of the heart and Iman is the life of the heart. And similarly, Allah Azawajal, He says in the Quran, وَمَا يَسْتَوِي الْأَحْيَاءُ Not equal are the living or the dead. Not equal are the living or the dead. Now this doesn't mean the living and the dead, as in the actual dead, but this means the one who is living is the Muslim, al-Muslim, al-Hay, who al-Muslim. And the one who is al-Mayyit, the one who is dead, who al-Kafir. And obviously this is in relation to what is in the heart of, of, of Iman, or the absence of Iman. So Iman is life, and Kufr is death. Meaning death of the heart, death of the soul. And upon this ayah, as the judge, he said, Al-Ahya Al-Mu'minun. The living are the believers. Wal-Amwat Al-Kafirun. And the dead are the disbelievers. And also, it's also said, Wa-An-Nuhas, Wal-Murad Bil-Ahya Al-Ahya Al-Qulub Bil-Imani Wal-Ma'rifa. What is intended by the living is those who are living with the heart and with iman, having faith, and with ma'rifah, with knowledge, with knowledge. And as for al-amwat, wal-amwat, al-amwat al-qulub, bi-ghalabati al-kufri alayha, hatta sarat, la ta'rif al-huda min al-dalal. And as for the dead, then they are the hearts which are dead on account of disbelief overwhelming them disbelief overwhelming them until they are unable to distinguish between guidance and misguidance right so this is the dead heart the dead heart because of, of disbelief has overwhelmed this heart and it, it, it has rejected Allah it has rejected singling out Allah with worship and it has rejected obedience to Allah in whatever he commands and prohibits and because all of that has been rejected then how can this heart this heart cannot know between truth and falsehood and guidance and misguidance and what is rectification from what is corruption and we can see this clearly uh, in, in the societies that we live in because we can see you know, all around us where basically the realities are being overturned as we've mentioned many times before. You know, um, you know, we are living in societies that can't tell the difference between a man or a woman or a boy or a girl and they can't tell the difference between what is trade, what is, what is actual trade and what is riba, what is usury, right? So these nations, uh, the whole of their, you know, uh, the injustice and everything, it's all founded upon, upon, upon riba. And uh, so, so basically the, the, the scales are overturned in everything, right? They can't see that 
uh, marriage is purity and rectification and good for the you know for the family for the society and instead they are they are basically demolishing the foundations of of of, of marriage and the family right with open relationships and you know everything else right so this is what happens in a society when when they, when when they disbelieve in Allah disbelieve in his messengers disbelieve in his books that there is no iman in the hearts and so the the criterion of what is good and bad beneficial harmful rectifying corrupting all of that completely it completely uh, disappears so they can't see guidance from uh, misguidance so anyhow this is the first uh, cause uh, sabab from the asbab which is al imanu billah wal amal salih iman and righteous deeds is from those things which bring about the good life the second cause or the second reason is just generally ittiba'u deen al-islam ittiba'u deen al-islam which is just generally adhering to islam following islam so this now is addressed to the people of islam just generally adhering to the guidance brought by the messenger of allah in this regard allah azza he says bala man aslama wajhahu lillah wa huwa muhsin فَلَهُ أَجْرُهُ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِ وَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ Rather the one who submits his face to Allah, whilst he is a doer of good, then he will have his reward with his Lord. There shall be no fear upon them, and, and nor shall they grieve. So here, two things are negated, neither fear, nor grievance, nor, nor sadness or grief, right? So if you are someone who submits his face to Allah, which means in Tawheed, first of all, and then secondly, in sincerity within your deeds, so you worship only Allah, and then in your worship of him, you are sincere as well, right? You, you, are, you are worshiping to, to please him, not to be seen, not for riya, not for anything else. So whoever submits his face to Allah, وَهُوَ muhsin. And he is a doer of righteousness. Then he will have his reward with his Lord. No fear shall be upon him, nor shall they grieve. So here fear and grief are negated from the likes of these people. Right? In the life, in the life of this world. And uh, as Imam al-Shawqani, he mentioned that in this ayah, because of the way of the, 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 the structure grammatically, wala khawfun alayhim, wala khawfun alayhim, there is a negation being made, and the negation is with respect to a noun which is indefinite. Wala khawfun alayhim. The noun is nakira, meaning it is, it is indefinite. So when you have a negation with an indefinite noun, then this signifies a shumul, means comprehensiveness, meaning it covers everything. So the real meaning therefore is that it can't be possible for a person who submits his face to Allah, who, who you know, he's sincere to Allah, singles out Allah in worship, and he is a doer of good, it's not possible for such a person to, to live in fear or to be fearful. Right? Or to fear that which is, you know, 
uh, in the future and nor grieve over that which has happened in the past. That such a person described with these characteristics, he doesn't grieve about things which have happened in the past, nor is he fearful of what is going to happen in the future, right? His heart is not, is not um, uh, affected by these, by these two uh, you know, emotions or feelings. And likewise, Allah Azawajal, he says, فَمَنِ اتَّبَعَ هُدَايَ فَلَا يَضِلُّ وَلَا يَشْقَى Whoever follows my guidance, he will neither go astray, فَلَا يَضِلُّ وَلَا يَشْقَى Nor will he be wretched. Right? So, Ibn Abbas, رضي الله عنهما, he mentioned about this verse, تَقَفَّلَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ قَرَأَ الْقُرْآنَ وَعَمَلَ بِهِ وَعَمْلَ بِمَا فِيهِ أَلَّا يَظِلُّ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَلَا يَشْقَى فِي الْآخِرَةِ Allah has guaranteed, so this is a guarantee, for the one who recites the Qur'an or reads the Qur'an, and who acts upon whatever is in it, that he will not go astray in this life, and nor shall he be wretched in the hereafter. Right, so... You can see that in these verses there are certain things that are negated for the people who are described in this way, the people who follow, who read the guidance of the Quran and who act upon the guidance of the Quran and who you know submit in tawheed and sincerity to Allah and who work righteous deeds, right? So basically they are making a general ittiba' of Al Islam, of the religion of Islam in general. So neither shall they fear, nor shall they grieve, nor shall they go astray, nor shall they be wretched in this life or the hereafter. As Ibn al-Qayyim says, Ibn al-Qayyim he says in, in this ayah, he says, وَالْآيَةِ نَفَتْ مُسَمَّ الضَّلَالِ وَالشِّقَاءِ الْمُتَّبِئِ الْهُدَى مُطْلَقًا That this verse has negated this you know this meaning or this sense of misguidance and wretchedness from the follower of guidance absolutely absolutely meaning so he says فَاقْتَدَتْ أَنَّهُ لَا يَضِلُّ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَلَا يَشْقَى وَلَا يَضِلُّ فِي الْآخِرَةِ وَلَا يَشْقَى فِيهِ so this verse means that the ayah necessitates that such a person will not go astray in this world, nor will he be wretched in this world, and nor will he go astray in the hereafter, nor will he be wretched therein. Because remember, in the hereafter there is also guidance. A believer also needs guidance, as Ibn al-Qayyim mentions. For example, when you, when you walk over the bridge, over hellfire, when you walk over the bridge, then you are in you are in need of, of guidance to get over the bridge because there are some people who are going to go like the blinking of an eye, some like the speed of, of the wind, some like the swift horse, some who run swiftly, some who walk you know with, with, with pace, uh, some who walk and then some who crawl. And all of these variations they are based upon what you did in this life. As Ibn al-Qayyim mentions at the beginning of uh, Madarij al-Salikin, 
that the way that you will be guided on the path over hellfire in the hereafter corresponds to the the way that you are upon the path in this life like for like like for like right so yes we are in need of guidance in this life and also guidance in the hereafter but that guidance in the hereafter also depends upon how we follow the guidance in this life so ibn qayyim he says so he says this ayah this verse necessitates that a person will not go astray in the world nor will he be wretched and likewise he will not go astray in the hereafter nor will he be wretched therein either so this is the second second cause or the second way which is general ittiba of al-islam right so you learn the guidance you acquire the guidance you increase yourself in knowledge and every time you learn a bit of knowledge you take it piecemeal right you don't jump into the whole ocean of knowledge because whoever tries to acquire knowledge all in one go then he will lose it all in one go right as is said by by the scholars so you take knowledge piecemeal bit by bit and you act upon that knowledge as the sahaba used to do that they used to take 10 verses of the quran they used to memorize and then learn whatever is in those verses of action then they would act upon those 10 verses and making sure that they that they've mastered them and acted upon them and then move on to the next 10 verses right and then so you know this this to actually learn the quran and to abide by the quran and to act upon the quran this takes you years it takes you decades right as long as you are taking knowledge learning it seeing what rulings are in these verses and then acting upon those verses uh, this is how you proceed upon knowledge and this is how the sahaba proceeded upon knowledge keeping in mind as well that the quran was being revealed over time you know in the lives of the of, of the companions over 23 years so they acquired knowledge steadily over time piecemeal bit by bit right and they 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 acted upon what they what what they learned so this is the second cause or the second reason the third reason which helps us to have a good life to maintain a good life is dawamu dhikrillahi subhanahu wa ta'ala which is constant remembrance of allah the sublime and the exalted and this is clearly understood from many verses in the quran Uh, and from them is the statement of allah azza wa jal wa man a'rada an dhikri fa inna lahu ma'ishatan dhanka wa nahshuruhu yawma al-qiyamati a'ma whoever turns away from my remembrance then he will have a narrow constricted life a narrow constricted life and we shall raise him on the day of judgment blind as one who is blind so you can see here that being heedless of allah azza wa jal and not remembering allah azza wa jal is something that brings you a narrow constricted life right and obviously this doesn't mean here because someone could 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 have all the riches in the world and could be occupied in the world and and have everything under his disposal 
But what is meant here is you can have all of that, but inside your heart, you, you, your heart is still, you know, it's, it's narrow and constricted, right? It still suffers from all of those other things. So even as if the even if the earth is expansive and vast, then it can still be constricted upon you because of no dhikr in your heart, no remembrance of Allah, right? So uh, likewise, the statement of Allah Azawajal, "Qad aflaha man man tazakka wa dhakarasma Rabbihi fasalla." He succeeds who purifies and then remembers the name of his Lord for Salah and then praise or worships. And likewise the statement of Allah Zawajal Alladina Amanu Watatma innu kulubuhum bidikrillah Allah bidikrillahi tatma innul kulub. Those who believe and whose hearts find satisfaction, tranquility in the remembrance of Allah. Indeed, in the, in the remembrance of Allah do the hearts find satisfaction. So, you can see from these verses, first of all, if you make dhikr of Allah Azawajal, you have your heart is, is vast and expansive and large. And conversely, if you turn away from Allah's remembrance, your heart becomes narrow and constricted, right? Life becomes hard upon you. Trials become hard upon you. You... You know, uh, in the absence of Allah's remembrance. And similarly, the hearts find, find tranquility, yeah. tranquil, at ease, at peace with the remembrance of Allah. So, uh, this is the third reason or the third cause. And in contrast to the believers, we see that the way Allah describes the disbelievers in another verse. So, here you can see. He's describing the believers, tranquility through Allah's remembrance. Conversely, what do the people of disbelief, what do they find tranquility in? He said, as occurs in Surah Yunus, وَرَضُوا بِالْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَطْمَأَنُّوا بِهَا That they are pleased with the life of the world, وَطْمَأَنُّوا بِهَا And they find tranquility with it. So whereas the believer finds tranquility in, Allah, in Allah's dhikr, Allah's remembrance, and dhikr here is general, right? It means worship and obedience and also the dhikr that we make with the tongue includes all of these things. This is what we find tranquility in, the believer. But the people of disbelief, what do they find tranquility in? Because if, if, if there's no hereafter, if there's no Lord and Creator, if there's no resurrection, if there's no... Uh, reward and punishment, what else do you have left except to try to find ways to get satisfaction from the world? Right? This is what they find satisfaction in. And because the earth is temporal, it is perishing, right? It, 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 you know, it, it doesn't last then how can the heart find satisfaction in such a thing? They can't. And that's why you see with the people of disbelief, um, they, uh, you know, among the people of disbelief, you see all of those traits, the traits and qualities of greed, and, you know, greed and um, 
pursuing riches and following lusts and seeking fame and seeking fortune and you know all of the the, the, the sicknesses of the heart such as envy and jealousy and all these other things you see these things rampant in these types of societies because you know they are trying to seek satisfaction by way of the by way of of, of the world right that's where they see tranquility but you, you won't find tranquility in in the world and that's also why you see uh, that among the people of disbelief you know throughout the ages you always see them bringing new kind of lifestyle philosophies right you know existentialism or this or this or this whatever and they're all trying to figure out what's the best way to to find happiness what is happiness and how do we find happiness so someone will say well basically just do do as you wish follow follow uh, follow pleasure and you will live a life of happiness right and then others like maybe you know some of the, the they will try to be spiritual and they'll say uh, do no evil to others right this is like a general like you know in the far eastern kind of philosophies and whatever and and but they will miss the mark right because because this is just humans trying to avoid worldly evil right and and worldly stress and worldly anxiety and to fulfill the potential of pleasure that's all they're trying to do right and and so what will happen is that because they're trying to find tranquility in in the life of the world then they have to try and devise all these different philosophies lifestyle philosophies and things of this nature and then every 10 years or 20 years there'll be some other some misguided you know uh, person who'll come along and he'll give them something new right and so they will never find tranquility or satisfaction in their lives and so as you can clearly see what a great difference there is between the one who finds satisfaction in Allah, in Allah's remembrance, and the one who tries to find satisfaction through the world, the life of the world. You know. And any attempt to find satisfaction from the life of the world through other than Allah's obedience is nothing but toil. You're just going through unnecessary toil and tiring yourself out. Right? That's all it is. In the absence of obedience to Allah. So anyhow, this is the third cause. It is the remembrance to, to be occupied and to be engaged in the remembrance of Allah Azawajal, the dhikr of Allah Azawajal. The fourth cause 
of a good life is al-istiqamah ala amrillah. Al-istiqamah ala amrillah. And this is to be steadfast, to remain steadfast, to be constant upon the command of Allah or the obedience of Allah. And so this indicates you know, having resolution, having firmness, being firm, being consistent, right, in obeying Allah, not, not you know, being on the edge, you know, engaging in sin, then righteousness, sin, right, and then wavering everywhere, but to have istiqamah, to be consistent, right, to be, to be consistent and upright in the religion. As Allah Zawajal, He says in Surah Al-Jinn, وَأَلَّا وِاسْتَقَامُوا عَلَى الطَّرِيقَةِ that if that if they had remained upright upon the path, then we would have given them abundant provision, abundant rain by which provision comes. And similarly, uh, in another verse, Allah mentions. وَلَوْ أَنَّا كَتَبْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَنِ اقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ أَوْ اِخْرُجُوا مِنْ دِيَارِكُمْ مَا فَعَلُوهُ إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ مِّنْهُمْ وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ فَعَلُوا مَا يُعَذُونَ بِهِ لَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُمْ وَأَشَّدَّ تَثْبِيتًا In this verse, the meaning of this verse is, Allah says first of all, that if we had prescribed upon them, if we had ordained upon them to kill themselves, or to depart from their homes. None would have done that except a very small number. Right? What the meaning of this is that Allah is uh, uh, reminding the people of His mercy that what He has given them of commands and prohibitions are very uh, easy and simple and not burdensome. Right? So what, Allah, what, what, what the meaning of this verse is saying that, that if we were to impose upon you really hard and difficult commands, like if we'd commanded you to kill yourselves or to depart from your homes, not many people would have, would have, would have fulfilled that. Right? Meaning that what we have told you to do, what we have commanded you with, which is much less and lighter and easy than that, if you were to do that, if you were to do that which you have been admonished with, then it would be better for you. لَكَانَ خَيْرًا Right. So this is the, the meaning here. Right. That this is from the mercy of, of Allah and the justice, justice of Allah, that He hasn't imposed something that is extremely burdensome and difficult and very hard for you to do, which, you know, if, if you were commanded to do, hardly any of you would have done it. Right? So therefore, because of that, what we have admonished you with, what we have commanded you with, then if you do that, that will be better for you. It will be uh, better for you. And it will be greater in making you firm, giving you tathbeet. Tathbeet is being firmly planted. And in fact, if you look at the next two verses as well, after this verse, there are actually four rewards for doing this. There are four rewards for you um, having istiqama, being 
uh, upright and, and consistent upon Allah's obedience. And they're mentioned in this verse. Right? And just look at the sequence of the verse as well. First of all, Allah is indicating uh, that, that He hasn't put any kind of very severe, difficult, hard commands upon you that you know you would never do. Secondly, after 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 you know mentioning this as a favor, then he is telling you that if you do do what you have been admonished with, if you do do that, which is obviously simple, easy, and not burdensome, then there are four rewards which are mentioned. First of all, lakana khairan lahum. First of all, it would be better for them. Secondly, wa ashadu tathbita. That it would be that it would be um, greater in making you firm to be firm, and then in the verse afterwards, he says, azima." Then we would have certainly azima. We would give we would have given them a mighty reward. That's the third thing, a mighty reward. And fourthly, وَلَهَدَيْنَاهُمْ سِرَاطًا مُسْتَقِيمًا And then we would have guided them to the straight path. Right? So there are four rewards here. Uh, as we said, خير, acquisition of goodness, and even more firmness in the religion. So you be firm in the religion, even more firmness in the religion. And um, a mighty reward and guidance to the straight path. Right, so this is, this is like you know, like the parable of the tree. You know, the, the more the tree is nourished, the greater its roots expand, the even more firm it becomes. Right, and this is the this is the this is what happens with with istiqama. And this is also like the verse in the Quran in which Allah Azawajal He says, "Waladina hadadu." Zadahum huda, that those who seek guidance, he will increase them in guidance. Right? Those who pursue guidance, he will increase them in guidance, as occurs in Surah Muhammad, the forty-seventh chapter, verse number seventeen. So this is the fourth reason or the fourth cause. It is to have istiqama, to be upright, to be steadfast. The fifth reason or the fifth cause is al khudur. Which means to be under servitude to Allah. To be enslaved to Allah and to be under servitude to Allah. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he said, كان شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمير رضي الله عنه يقول من أراد السعادة which means that Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah used to say whoever wants happiness or felicity then let him remain by the doorstep of al-ubudiyyah the doorstep of servitude meaning always be a slave to Allah Always be in ubudiyah, servitude to Allah Azawajal. And from the benefits of this, like when you become an abd of Allah, 
a slave of Allah and you are not a slave to anything else. So and being an abd of Allah, what this means, first of all, obviously, you are a worshipper of Allah alone. So you've abandoned shirk. And then secondly, also, you are not enslaved by the material things of this life either. Right? Because sometimes your heart can become attached to material things. Like we see people uh, worship money or they pursue money or they you know, have, have other, other things that their hearts are attached to. So if you are an abd who is enslaved only to Allah, right? you don't have these material attachments which are unhealthy, whether to money, whether to fame, whether to power, whether to even between a husband and wife, there can be uh, a, an attachment of the heart which is beyond the limits and unhealthy. Likewise with one's children, likewise, right? The, so, so an abd of Allah, whose heart is salim, right? It is, it is, uh, at, uh, it is sound, and it is free of all of these harmful attachments, right? Not attached to anything like that in an unhealthy way. This is the type of person whom shaitan cannot have any authority over. Shaitan cannot not have authority over this type of person, and that's why. We see in, 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 in the verse, Inna ibadi laysa laka alayhim sultan. This is Allah addressing Iblis, the Shaitan. Inna ibadi laysa laka alayhim sultan. Indeed, my servants, you have no authority over them. Right? So this is the, the ibad, the ibad, those who are the, the ibad of Allah. Uh, and this means those who are in ubudiyya, perfect ubudiyya to Allah. Because not everybody is in perfect ubudiyya. Not all the believers are in perfect ubudiyya. Right? So here it is talking about those who are in ubudiyya. And um, like we said, this means the person who, whose hearts are sound and they are free of any kind of attachments and they are free from showing off and seeking fame and fortune, being attached to wealth, being, you know, um, all these other things. So, the more a person becomes an abd of Allah with this particular meaning, then the more he is protected and saved from shaitan gaining mastery over him. Right? And so the more he is protected, then obviously, the better, more wholesome, more pure life he will have. So this is the fifth cause or the fifth way that a person tries to you know, uh, uh, have a good life in, in, in the life of this world. Also from the reasons and the causes is Al-Amru Bita'atillah Al-Amru Bita'atillah which is to command others with Allah's obedience. To command other people with Allah's obedience. And the proof for this is that Allah has promised rizq. He has promised to give rizq to people, to those who command the families with goodness. For example, commanding with the prayer and being patient upon the prayer. So for example, Allah says in Surah, uh, Surah Taha, the 20th uh, chapter, verse 132, Command your family with the prayer and be patient thereupon. La nas'aluka rizqan, nahnu narzukuk, wal'aqibatu lit-taqwa. 
We do not ask you for sustenance, rather we shall give you sustenance. We shall give you provision. And the end will be for the pious. The end will be for the pious. So here clearly you can see that Allah has clearly stated that we will give you rizq, we will give you sustenance. And what is the, the cause of that? It is a person commanding his family, you know, upon goodness, upon khair, you know, uh, of, of, of the prayer and other things, and remaining patient and firm upon that. The seventh, the seventh cause or the seventh reason is At-Tawasi Bil-Haqi Wa-Tawasi Bil-Sabr. This now is a collective thing, right? It is mutually enjoining the truth and mutually enjoining patience. So when the society does that together, then this brings about a collective you know, benefit for everybody. And obviously the evidence of this you all know, Surah Al-Asr, Wal-Asr, Inna Al-Insana Lafi Khusr, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالصَّبْرِ By time, verily man is in a loss, except those who believe and do righteous deeds, and who mutually enjoin the truth upon each other, and they mutually enjoin patience upon one another. So, um, this means... That by enjoining the truth and having patience upon the truth, then, and obviously making this commonplace, then this is something that brings about benefit for everybody. And, you know, and also at the same time, you have to be a person who, like, for example, if you're going to enjoin the good, you have to believe in it yourself and you have to be acting upon it yourself. And likewise, if you're going to tell someone to be patient, well, you've got to be someone who is patient as well. Like, you can't be someone who is, you know, despairs and whatever else, and then you are trying to tell others to be patient. So not only do you act upon, because the, the first part of the surah says, indeed, those who believe and do righteous deeds. So you do the righteous deeds, and then you enjoin the truth upon other people, and you have patience yourself as well. Alright, so, so knowledge... The order is knowledge, and then action, and then commanding, you know, good, and for, for prohibiting evil, and then having patience. It's like there's an order to it, right? Knowledge, acting yourself first, and then enjoining the truth, and then having patience upon doing that. And so, and also, this is the, the stages of da'wah to Allah, right? These are the stages of da'wah to Allah So, uh, patience. Upon all of that, as Imam Shafi he said about this particular chapter, Law Tadabbar Nas, If the people had truly reflected upon this chapter, it would be sufficient for them. So meaning that if you think and reflect upon what this one chapter contains, there would be enough teaching and wisdom and admonition in this one chapter to, to suffice you in everything. In everything. To simply know that you are in ruin and in loss. All of mankind is in ruin and, and in loss. Except who? Those who do four things, right? Al-Iman, the righteous actions, 
mutually enjoying the truth upon each other. So you command the good, you prohibit the evil, so that evil disappears from society. And then you also enjoin patience. And patience also, patience in enjoining the truth that came before it, the third thing. And also patience in calamities and trials and tribulations. Right? And if you were to do that, that would be sufficient for you in your life. That's uh, cause number seven. And cause number eight is ijtinabul dhunub, ijtinabul dhunub, which is to abandon sins. To abandon sins. And abandoning sins is crucial to having a good life. And we know this by reflecting on the name of one of the prophets of Allah Azawajal. And that is the prophet Yahya. Yahya. This name, as Allah Azawajal mentions in, uh, in Surah uh, Maryam, Ya Zakariya, Inna nubashiruka bi-gulamin usmuhu Yahya, Lam naj'al lahu min qablu samiyya. O Zakariya, we give you glad tidings of a boy, of a child, a boy, whose name is Yahya. And we have not given anyone this name before. This name Yahya, what does it mean? Al-Raghib, he said, that uh, Al-Raghib, he explained this name, he said, Al-Asfahani, the, the, you know, he said that he has indicated that he has named him with this name because he had not been killed by way of sins. He had not been killed by way of sins. Just as many other people had been killed by way of sins. By killed meaning the killing of the heart, right? The heart and the soul. Because many people, they, they, they destroy their hearts and their souls by way of sin. But the name Yahya means the one who did not harm himself or cause any harm to his soul or to his heart by way of any sin. By way of any sin. And that's why there are certain narrations which are brought by the Mufassirun. They bring uh, narrations with the meaning that basically Yahya uh, salam, that he did not commit any sin. And nor wala hamma bimra'atin. Nor did he even think of, like you know, engaging in in uh, illicit kind of uh, relations. So basically, he was free and he didn't commit any any sin whatsoever. Hence, the name Yahya, the one who is full of life, right? The one who has not killed himself or killed his heart or killed his soul with anything of sin, and that's the meaning of of of, of the name uh, Yahya. Likewise, from the, the, the ninth cause or the ninth reason is al-istighfar min al-dhunub, al-istighfar min al-dhunub, which is to seek forgiveness of sins. And this we covered previously. We know that many of the prophets and the messengers, from them is Nuh alayhi salam, from them is Hud alayhi salam, from them is our Prophet All of them we see verses in the Quran where they say that if you seek forgiveness from Allah, Allah will send the rain down upon you and He will give you increase in wealth and increase in children and He will give you gardens and He will give you rivers such as what was said by Nuh to his people. And likewise with Hud he said something similar. Uh, 
يرسل السماء عليكم مدرارا ويزيدكم قوة إلى قوتكم ولا تتولوا مجرمين O people seek forgiveness from your Lord turn to him in repentance Allah will send from the sky the sky upon you in abundance meaning rain and provision and he will increase you in strength on top of your strength so do not turn away as as criminals as who the Islam said to his people so making istighfar astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayh and taking time to say this on a daily basis and you know with the heart and with the tongue this itself is something that brings the good life it brings provision it brings plenty it brings barakah right so this is something that a believer should should be engaging in also from the affairs which establish a good life is iqamatu shar'illahi ta'ala iqamatu shar'illahi ta'ala this is the 10th cause the 10th reason uh, allah subhanahu mentions about the people of the book about the jews and the christians ولو انهم اقاموا التوراه والانجيل وما انزل اليهم من ربهم لاكلوا من فوقهم ومن تحت ارجلهم if only they had established the torah meaning the, the law of the torah they established it and they acted upon it and the injil and whatever was revealed to them from their lord then they would have eaten they would have eaten from above themselves and from beneath their feet meaning that they would have eaten from what's in the ground and they would have eaten from what's you know up, up there like from the trees and and things like that so once again the clear connection between abiding by the the law of allah the legislation of allah the command of allah and the provisions eating not being in poverty not you know uh, uh you know not not being in poverty and benefiting from the fruits of of of, of the earth so um likewise qatada he said in respect of this he said qatada rahimahullah ma amara allah bi amrin qat illa wa huwa amru islahin fi dunya wal akhirah wa ma naha allah an amrin illa wa huwa amru fasadin so Qatada is mentioning, he's talking about the law, the law which we have been commanded to follow. He says that Allah has not commanded with any command ever, except that it is an affair of rectification in this life and the hereafter. Right? So meaning that there is no command that Allah has revealed except that it is something that rectifies you or the society in in this life and nor has he prohibited anything from any affair except that that affair is an affair of corruption and allah knows best that which rectifies his creation so all of the commands you know whether the command to pray the command to fast right the command to give charity uh, and and you know the command to be good to one's parents the command to not become angry not to become je- all these things there's nothing but pure rectification in these things and whatever he prohibited there is nothing but corruption 
in those things, right? Whether it is alcohol, whether it is illicit relationships, whether it is music and singing and all of the, the that corruption and riba, all of that is, is corruption and, and fasad. And so for that reason, we knowing this, then we you know we, we establish the command of Allah and we, we establish what Allah has revealed to us because it is there to be established. As for the nations who came before, the Jews and the Christians, they did not fulfill what they were supposed to do. Right? They, they did not fulfill what they were supposed to do. Uh, they abandoned their books and they distorted their books. So that's number number ten, number nine or number ten, I believe. And we'll we'll finish with with one more, and that is a tawakkul ala Allah subhanahu wa taala, which is reliance upon Allah. And this is very clear in Surah uh, At Talaq, the sixty fifth chapter of the Quran, in which Allah Zawajal He says, "وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا." وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حِيثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَزْبُهُ Which means that whoever fears Allah, Allah will make for him a means of escape, a way out of his hardship. And will provide for him from ways or directions he does not expect. And whoever places reliance upon Allah, then Allah will be sufficient for him. Allah will be sufficient for him. So, this tawakkul upon Allah is something when a believer, when he has tawakkul upon Allah, meaning he takes all the means and then he knows only Allah is the one who can bring the benefit. Then, this person, he can never ever fear anything. Nor can he ever fear an enemy. Nor can he ever grieve over what has passed him by. Right? In other words, a person who is who is making tawakkul upon Allah, if he's making tawakkul upon Allah properly, meaning that he takes the means, he's taken all the means, and then he his heart resigns the affair to Allah. Right? Anything that comes to him, he has got no reason whatsoever to fear that thing. And anything that passed by him that he missed, whether it was provision, whether it was marriage for example, whether it was whatever it might be, then he, he does not grieve over these things. Why? Because it's, it's from the perfection of his tawakkul that gives him that strength to basically go through life without having to fear anything or feel sad about anything, or grieve about anything, or even to fear an enemy even, right? Even to fear an enemy. And the power of tawakkul upon Allah is so great and tremendous that one of the prophets of Allah, one of the prophets of Allah, uh, which is Hud salam, uh, he used the weapon of tawakkul against all of the people of disbelief who were against him right so he said he said inni ashhadullah inni ashhadullah washhadu anni bari'un mimma tushrikun so he said to his people indeed i call allah to witness and i want you to witness as well 
that I am free of whatever you are, you know, the, the shirk that you are committing. I have nothing to do with it. I free myself from it. You know, uh, you know, the, the, whatever you are committing shirk with others besides Allah less than Him. Minduni. So then he said, Fakiduni, Fakiduni jami'an, thumma la tunzirun. He then challenged them. He said, So plot all of you together. All of you come together. Plot and do whatever you want, and do not give me any respite. Like don't don't hold back. Don't give me days or weeks or whatever. Just plot, do everything that you want, and then, and then he said, "Inni tawakkaltu ala Allah, Rabbi wa Rabbukum." Indeed, I place my trust upon Allah, who is I place my trust upon Allah, who is my Lord and your Lord. Ma min dabatin illa huwa akhirun binasiyatiha. إِنَّ رَبِّي عَلَى سِرَاتِ مُسْتَقِيمٍ There is no creature on this earth except that Allah takes it by its, by its forelock. Indeed, my Lord is upon a straight path. So here, this is now the power of tawakkul. This is one of the prophets of Allah challenging a whole nation, his nation, right, who, who rejected him, who disbelieved in him. Right? And he, he put this challenge to them. Do everything that you want, plot in every way that you want, don't even give me any respite or whatever, come to me. Indeed, I have placed my reliance upon my Lord. This is the power of tawakkul, right? You, he, the, the prophets faced armies, you know, uh, uh, trying to kill them by way of tawakkul. So tawakkul is from the ways by which a person has a uh, good life, and it's not possible for you to claim reliance and then at the same time, you know, like for example, if you're going to make tawakkul upon Allah, then the feelings of fear and sadness should not really enter into you because they're contradictory. Do you understand? Like for example, if you make tawakkul upon Allah that you're going to work, earn a living and acquire provision, then at no point should you really be Fearful of any possible outcome because that the tawakkul shouldn't allow that fear to, to, to arise. If you if you are truly making tawakkul upon Allah Azawajal, and likewise if you are making tawakkul against an enemy or a foe, then fear shouldn't arise because it, it's contradicted by, by by the tawakkul. So this is the nature of tawakkul. This tawakkul it gives you uh, itmi'nan, it, it gives you uh, tranquility, it gives you certainty. Right, it makes you pleased with al qadr, no matter what happens by way of Allah's qadr. Right, it, it doesn't affect you. This is the nature and the power of a tawakkul upon Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So, inshallah, we'll finish with that. There are maybe five or six more. I'll just mention them very quickly, uh, so you can write them down if you want. So, the the twelfth or the you know whichever number it is now, eleventh or twelfth, it is al uh, jihadu fi sabilillah. It is to strive in the path of Allah Azawajal, making, making, making jihad. Uh, you know, obviously in the way, in, in the right way with its conditions and so on and so forth. Also is tazkiyatun nafs, which is the purification of the soul, to purify your soul from shortcomings, deficiencies, its evils. Um, also from the causes is to rectify the heart, salahul qulub. To, to purify and rectify the heart and make it firm upon Allah's religion. Also from the causes of a good life is istikhdam 
ni'matil aql right to use the sound reason to use the sound reason this is part and parcel of a good life and I'll, in fact i'll just mention uh, uh, about this uh, the verse in surah yasin in which allah subhanahu he says liyunzira man kana hayyan liyunzira man kana hayyan to caution the one who is hay the one who is living so some of the mufassirun they said such as ad-dahhaq and others man kana aqilan meaning the one who is intelligent that you may caution or admonish the one who is aqilan meaning has has intellect the one who uses his intellect so uh, likewise wama yastawi al-ahya wal al-amwat not equal are the living and the dead and nuhas he said ay al-uqala wal juhal al-uqala so the uqala the one who use their reason they are the living and the amwat they are the ignorant people who don't use their don't use their intellects right so um sound intellect sound reason that is not just intellect independently but sound reason right this is part and parcel of having a good life also from the causes is knowledge and acting upon what it requires acting upon the requirements of knowledge to act upon the knowledge that you have this is part and parcel of having a good life what is the purpose of having knowledge of all of the, the benefits you know and, and and things and not not even acting upon that knowledge so that's the four, 14th or 15th and also uh, from the causes is azawaj marriage marriage itself is one of the causes of a good life and finally a sadaqa which is giving charity charity is also uh, one of the ways and means that bring about a good life why because charity returns back to you Uh, goodness benevolence increase and so on and so forth so anyhow these are 15 or 16 different causes different ways different means which you know a believer can implement and act upon in order to make sure that his life is good pure wholesome full of tranquility full of ease full of certainty right and by this you remove all of those kind of ailments of the heart like grief sadness you know and and you know all of these kind of uh, uh, things which which disturb you and and give you uh, a troublesome uh, life right and you remove tribulations from your life by by sticking to Allah's guidance these are the ways and means by which you attain a good life and with that inshallah taala we'll conclude our lesson for today and i think that's the essence of the book in any case uh, that brings us to the end of whatever we need to mention from this book and uh, end of this series and inshallah taala we'll probably choose you know a new topic or a new book uh, to go through uh, for the next time that we meet inshallah taala walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajmain